What's going on, everybody? If you're looking for a film to watch with the family this weekend, check out Sincerely Brenda. You can go to Amazon Prime Video and search Sincerely Brenda. It's a great story about forgiveness and redemption and family. And please rate the film and leave a review for me. I really appreciate that. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Life Beyond the Left. And now your house, my daddy, Kenneth Nelson. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Life Beyond the Lens. I'm your host, Ken Nelson. And on today's show, I have two guests that I'm so excited to have on the show. Um, Carolyn Harrison, who is the founder and executive producer of Good Light Productions, and Tabitha Matthews, who is the artistic director of Good Light Productions. How are you all doing tonight? Fabulous, Ken. Good. Glad to be here with you and your audience. Uh, thank you. I'm so glad to have you on. Excited to just dig into um, today's show and, and topic. You guys have a lot going on. Um, and I, I just first want to uh, ask you all about Good Light Productions. So what can you share with uh, me and share with the audience about Good Light Productions? Yeah, so Good Light Productions was conceived in 1993 at the birth of my first daughter in Spokane, Washington. I, it was during a time when I was freelancing as a teaching artist on the other side of the country. And it became a vision for me to keep track of all of my, my show histories. I did that for over 15 years. And then um, I was teaching in, a, in some small private schools, teaching theater, running some departments and began to transition into a, the second chapter of my life. And um, that included going to seminary. I completed seminary in 2015. And as a thanks offering for that, that journey, I wrote the story of my mother's life. Uh, her name was Loretta. Uh, she was a teen mom and she hid me until it was too late to do anything about it. And here I am. And so I wanted to give thanks for the choices she made and the play is called Precious Metals, Beauty and Brokenness. Good Light Productions was formalized with that play. And the mission of Good Light Productions is to create access and opportunities for underrepresented, marginalized artists to tell stories that have been in the dark too long. And so that's our mission and our purpose. And so every season we produce a play Last uh, two seasons ago, Tabitha and I met and she helped to midwife that play. She was the creative midwife. She directed the play. And uh, this season, we decided to give birth to her, her creative baby. And so that's the, the presentation of Penny's Kids this season. Well, and so um, Good Light is located in, in New York, correct? Yes. And so Tabitha, you're a Detroit Bronx native. Base. Mm-hmm. So how, you said it's Bronx based. Yes. Okay. So Tabitha, you're a Detroit native. And so how did you connect with Carolyn and, and become the, uh, the artistic director? Yeah. So through a mutual friend, um, I, I moved to New York four years ago 
And so it has been um, a journey to say the least. <laughs> and I met her through a mutual friend. A mutual friend said, hey, you guys should connect. Um, you know, I was out here in New York, didn't really know um, a lot of folks in the artistic world. And all of my artistic contacts were back in Chicago. So I was very eager and thirsty to meet um, a kindred spirit, <laughs> to say the least. And so um, we met and um, I was in a really crazy place at the time. I, you know, I, my family and I had just moved and just, you know, with everything that transition comes with, just trying to get settled, trying to find my way. I was like, okay, why am I here? That kind of thing. And, and so when we met, um, it was, a, I would say, definitely a divine connection. Um, and it was interesting because I thought she was a little crazy because the third time we met, she handed me her play. Uh, precious metals beauty and brokenness and I was like I what <laughs> I was like this lady has given me her play and she wants me to like do something with it and so she gave it to me and I literally you know I thought she was a little crazy I was like okay well, I don't really know her that well and I did not read it for a while because I was just sort of still in transition and finally you know I just really felt God saying like hey pick this up and read it and I read it and I was very moved like Carolyn is a brilliant writer um very moved by uh just uh everything that precious metals um entailed um the story of her mother and the all these other beautiful diverse women and so when the next time we met um i shared with her my thoughts and she was like okay well can you direct it <laughs> and i was like oh okay so upon that we you know we we workshopped it a little and um then we were able to um uh, I was able to direct it uh, twice. And so we put it into the New York Theater Festival and we um, won an award for that. And so it was, it's been a really great journey. And so then the following year, we did a reunion show last year. So I've been a part of Good Life now for four years. Well, actually three years. The first year, I kind of took my time trying to figure out what I was doing with my life here. Um, and so I've been with Good Life for three years and it's been a great journey. Um, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, when you meet kindred spirits and, and people who have the same mind and, and heart as you, um, it just, it just happens and it works yeah. and it's been a really great journey so far. And this is the kind of person, um, I, I knew Tabitha, as she calls us, we are kindred. Um, mm, yeah. the first time we met, I invited her to my 50th birthday oh, yeah. party wow. and she showed up. She didn't know us. She didn't, we had never met. I think I invited her via email. Yes. And I didn't even know what, I didn't even know what she looked like, Yeah, but this is how, you know, when, when you're a thirsty artist looking for another artist and just trying to thrive, I showed up to her 50th birthday party, did not even know what she looked like. So I'm sitting up here texting my sister. Like, I feel very weird. I, it's like a hundred <laughs> people here. She doesn't even know what I look like. And so we were able to meet. I finally, you know, discovered that who she was when she moved to the front of the room after I'd been there about an hour but it was just it was crazy and from that she just see embraced me as if she had known me for years you know and it was just um it felt good and I remember driving back home and I just had tears in my eyes like how did I meet this lady I didn't even know anything about her or you know what we would what God would have us do together had no clue but you know, step out on faith, I guess, right? Right, right. Step out on faith, be obedient to that, you know, just being obedient. At Tabitha, before the podcast, we were, you said I looked familiar. And so we we realized that we both were in Mosaic Youth Theater. And so, but I stopped. I was like, okay, let's wait for the podcast to, to figure this out completely. <laughs> so I was in Mosaic. I, I did the play, What Fools These Mortals Be. Okay. 
that was the show before me. I did Crossing Eight Mile. Um, ah, yep, yeah, I did Crossing yeah. Eight Mile, and um, and uh, there were some cast members from What Fools, uh, What Fools after that. So yes, but I, your face looks so familiar that Probably I, I, was I on knew, I knew, yes, yeah. and I knew that I knew you because I Rick would show pictures from the cast yeah. and everything. So I was like. I kept just trying to put the pieces together. I was like, I know him. Oh, that like, is crazy. That is awesome. Well, here's, here's the third uh, Mosaic connection. Yeah. Rick Sperling and I collaborated yeah. in mm -hmm. Detroit. Mm -hmm. wow. the, so, so we cro I crossed paths with both of you. Uh, Tabitha realized that, like, oh, you know Rick Sperling? I was like, yeah, that's my dude. Mm -hmm. wow. We directed the summer youth program together. Mm -hmm. um, so good light, you guys work mainly with youth right we we work with youth and adults and creatives okay so, uh, our vision is to create space right um to tell these stories whoever they're coming through one of our taglines is everybody has a story some people tell it and we want to make sure there's opportunities to tell the stories um uh because there's so many they're both universal and specific. And through the telling, other people get to get set free, thrive, live fully. And that's what we're about. So how do you find the stories? Do stories come to you? Is it a mixture of people bringing stories, you know, divine? Uh, how, just talk about some of that. And then talk about some of the stories that you guys have. Um, I know you talked about Precious Metals. We're going to talk about Penny's Kids. But what else have you all produced? Well, we formally, those are the two productions that we produce as since Good Light Productions has become formalized. Previous iterations before we became a formal LLC, um, I spent a lot of time adopting uh, fairy tales and books. I'm a huge book nerd. Um, uh, I, in my teaching career, I would invite um, students to become literate, Bible literate, and they would write original uh, pieces, riffs, if you will, on traditional biblical stories and produce those. I, and we produced some puppet plays. So I, for me, um, as a, a director and writer, puppetry for me was like the final frontier of innovation. And so I introduced a Japanese uh, puppet technique called bunraku to my students. And then that opened a door to explore the fairy tales of Japanese culture and other world cultures. Um, so that uh, we learn that students really open up young people and old people using the puppet as a mask because it frees people, right? To really animate. And so uh, Good Light produced a number of puppet plays. So right now in this iteration in New York City and the Bronx, we're focusing specifically on stories um, that, are, that help to heal trauma. Mm -hmm. oh. uh, so with Precious Metals, it was the trauma of being a, an unwed mom in 1967 and your mm -hmm. father says, you, can't, you can come home, but you can't bring that baby. Mm -hmm. uh, and the messiness, all the messiness that goes with that. Um, and I just discovered, despite the messiness, and that was actually a part of my forgiving my mother for not being what I thought, the kind of mother I thought she should be. And God said to me, she wasn't everything. She was never designed to be everything. Mm -hmm. But she gave you one thing. She gave you life. 
and that was your opportunity to be. So give thanks, right? So let, let me, let's dig into to that with both of you. So one of the reasons why I created this podcast, because, you know, as artists, a lot of times we see the finished product and it's polished and it's beautiful and it's nice. And we're talking, you're at the, um, you know, the movie premieres and you come into the stage plays and people see that part. And I wanted to create this podcast to talk about the journey there, right? The, the, the stuff that we don't see and, and the trials and tribulations we have to go through. And so you mentioned having to forgive your mother. So talk about what were some challenging things that you two had to go through to get it's something is something that's that was very challenging particularly challenging to get to this point where you are now can you share that yeah i think for me honestly the first thing i had to do was get over myself mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. get over the fact of thinking like oh well i'm not good enough or you know what i write or what i say maybe isn't going to be received or just you know we have as artists like you know we're, we're sensitive about our stuff as <laughs> Eric Badu has said um, we're sensitive about it and so i think i had to first get over myself like who cares you know i know what um i feel like i've been called to share and Carolyn's been really great at just encouraging me. Um, for, for a long time, I really um, depended on others to um, do what I thought I could not do. Um, as you know, being a Mosaic alum, I was acting and like doing like just so much stuff. I was in Chicago, I was acting and, and then I started dabbling in directing and I never thought that I had um, it in me to actually put pen to paper and write. And after, um, you know, uh, so my sister and I would create all the time and my sister is a brilliant writer. And so I'd lean on her to do all the writing for the things that I would, we would direct. We did a lot of ministry work, did a lot of plays and stuff like that. And so she would, and I never thought that I had it, you know, and until I read my mom and in, in, uh, our family story through the book of Penny's Kids and it, all of a sudden it was just sort of like a light that switched on. And I just started to write. And I, so I wrote this like over 10 years ago, but I was super like, just, I, I, I just kept it to myself. Right. But, you know, I, you know, over the last, you know, five years, just words dancing in my head and just waking me up at night. And I was like, what is this? So when I started writing more poetry and performing more poetry, I was like, where is this coming from? And my sister, just God bless her. She was just such an, she's such an encouragement to me. And she said, I always knew you had the words in you. She was like, I'm just like, I remember she said so beautifully a couple months ago, she was I always knew you had it in you. She goes, I'm just like, you know, a new, a a, a new mother that's just peering into the nursery, looking at (laughs) this, you know, what you're just peeking in at the beauty of what God is doing in your life. And so I had to get over myself thinking, and I was codependent on other people to write words. I thought like, Hey, I'm just the one that's the, the performer and the artist, and I can be behind the scenes to direct and have vision, but never thought that I had that and then I look back and stuff that I wrote in college I was like you're right I guess I did have words that were dancing and that things that were inside of me so my first thing was like I had to get over myself and then um, begin that journey and also realize that my creativity is not a destination 
you know, it is a journey. And that was the other hard truth. It's like Penny's kids, it's, I believe it's going to be great, but that's not where, what you'll see in a month is not where it's going to end. There's still more iterations and things that will be, that will be done with it and for it. And, and so I'm, you know, excited that it will keep transitioning and keep transforming and that's the great part about art is like it never dies even when you know i watched her film the other day um ken and i was just like wow this is great and i know that every time someone watches it they have a different interpretation of or a different perspective and that's the beauty about art is that it just doesn't stay still it just keeps moving and everyone's interpretation is going to be different from it but that's what keeps it alive you know so i don't know what that is like what is what is that when you you said you look back at your writing and you're like wait i did have it and so i struggle you know a lot with that and like like when i wrote brenda since early brenda it Mm. took me three years and i kept throwing it away throwing it away and then in the final year my wife says she's pregnant and then it's kind of like, okay, let me focus in. But it, it was a mixture. I don't even know where the idea came from. Really. I say it was divine. And then the character Brenda kept growing in my head and in the family. And so I look back now and I'm like, how did I get through it? I don't even remember writing it really. And so, <laughs> but a lot of things that I write, I look at it and I don't like, it. and I don't know when, how did you, you said like you, you wrote Penny's kids, you had it for 10 years, but, but what was that moment for you? If you can explain like when the, the, the veil was lifted, and you realized like, okay, I'm good. I, I had this as a gift. Yeah, I think um, honestly, it really, um, for Penny's kids specifically, I knew that, like I said, I knew God had been giving me some, some I guess, well, kind of unveiling some different skills over the last, since I came to New York, when honestly I was removed from my crutch, which is my wonderful sister, <laughs> a beautiful crutch. I leaned on her a lot. And so when I moved to New York, I was that, I didn't have, I didn't have that. It was just like, Hey, it's me and God and we going to create. And so he started to give me things that I had that was just already in me, but he realized that I, that, you know, I, I needed a separation to be able to really um look at look at myself as this art complete artistic individual i thought that i had always looked at myself that way because i was acting and performing but in terms of this venue of writing i had to have that separation and so um last year or yeah last year after we finished the um second show the reunion show of precious metals and carol and i were out to dinner just sort of you know, thinking back about the show and kind of reflecting. And she goes, it's time for us to, you know, do something else. We need to, what should we do? And so I just kept, there was this thing inside was like, tell her, tell her you have a play. And I was like, I'm not going to tell her this play is trash. I don't want to say anything. And I just literally, and so uh, she goes looking at me, she goes, what are you, what's wrong with you? She was like, what is it? I said, I got a play. And it was just, it was just a really quiet. She goes, okay, great. What is it? What are we going to do? And so I told her just a snippet of it and she just didn't even hear anything else. She's like, we'll we'll do it. Great. Be ready. That's Mm -hmm. all she said. And so I appreciate the friendship and the encouragement because she's just that type of person that that type of uh, just faith person like, oh, I see it. Okay, we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. Huh? Mm -hmm. Like, does that really? She's like, yeah. She's like, tell you, tell your mom, tell your aunts, we get ready because we'll we'll do this. And I was just like, Lord have mercy, what did I get myself into? But yeah, yeah. and I had the the pleasure of um, 
sort of we, we sort of work in tandem um, and take turns giving and receiving. It's this beautiful give and take that we have. And um, because of the trust that we've developed with each other over the uh, last three years, there's no big I, little you. It's this is God is affording us opportunities to put really powerful stories out. And so one of the beautiful things about Tabitha, she's an incredible actress, but the doors were not opening. And so the Lord just impressed upon me to tell her to create her own opportunities. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I had done for 25 years with students in my classroom. Like if, in fact, one of my mentors got rest her soul, she was a Howard graduate from the Department of Drama. When we were leaving high school, she said, when you get to college and there are no opportunities for you, create your own. And that has been my life's value. And so I was like, Tabitha, you know what these characters, who they are, what they need, write it, and we're going to put them up <laughs> for the world to see. So yeah. I love yeah. that about, about her, her courageous creativity. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Carolyn, like what, what challenges um, had, did, have you, did you have to go through, you know, to yeah. get to where you are now? Uh, I, my biggest challenge is working from the margins of my life. Um, I, I have so many, I've, I was a child this way. There were so many things I wanted to do. I was like a kid in a candy shop. And, and so I have had to keep while keeping the main things the main things to live and work and produce i have had to look at the margins of my life and hear god say give me what you have like the widow's might give me the give me what you have and watch me multiply it and that's what I have been doing. In fact, that's been sort of the clarion call of this production. We agreed as a production team, like we're gonna give God what we have because of all that we're living through, we all are so fully booked, but we committed to the margin and God has, is exploding our expectations around, like we're not striving, God is bringing resources to us and perfect alignment people who belong on this production. And so what I've struggled with most of my life is like, say yes, say yes, <laughs> and offer what you have. And I'm learning to do that. As the, the older I get, the more I grow in that ability. So I'm, I'm gonna ask you a question, Carolyn. This is kind of a selfish question, but I want other people here too. And, and then I'm gonna move into Penny's Kids. Um, well, both of you said something that's speaking to me right now because I'm in this situation. And, and Tabitha, you said separate yourself. You had to separate yourself, which I've, I've been feeling God pull on me more. Um, and, and I'm just trying to figure out what is that separation? Like, what do I need to separate from, right? Carolyn, you just said, give him everything, right? Now, this is where it's tough for me because for how did you, you say you're, it's been a journey, right? And I think that is the hardest thing because you said you give him all, he's going to multiply like intellectually and people listening you, that, that's struggling with this intellectually, you know, like, okay, we know God is going to multiply. We just don't know when um, and we don't know how exactly. So that control kind of takes in, right? 
it, it takes over. So talk about, could you kind of break down how you got to the point to where you can just say, God, here, take it all. I trust you. Yeah. It's in those middle of the night wrestlings. Um, so I drafted precious metals as a part of my seminary program, as a part of my uh, spiritual formation work. I wrote it out and then I started to conceptualize the play and I put it on a shelf. And then I came back a year later and God said, write the play, write the play. And, I was, and I'm fighting with God. I don't even know who the characters are. What do you mean, write the play? And the invitation was, meet me in the morning at 5 a.m. and I'll tell you. I had an hour before the day started, that's all I had. And every morning for 30 days, I got up and I, and uh, Toni Morrison says, writers write. I had a pen and paper and I took divine dictation for 30 days. It was coming so fast and so fully realized that I had to say, okay, enough. I got I, enough. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so that was all I had. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I had no other space in my life. I was raising three kids. I was working full time. I was single parenting, hustling. Mm. But all I had that hour and this is what has come of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That answered it. That mm-hmm. answered it. Because we get caught up. We do. We look at everything that we have to do, everything that's going on, everything that's pulling on us. You know, and 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 that's where I am. It's like so much stuff that's pulling on me. And yeah. one hour, you're obedient to that hour. Mm. You know, and so mm. let me yeah. tap the. I, you want to add something to that? Yeah, I just wanted to say. I mean, I I you know I, I love how like. God speaks to everybody in in different ways. You know, for Carolyn, it was that hour that she had. And um, for me, it was uh, grieving over this grandmother I had never met. Mm. And I had to take that grief in. And that's when I began to finish writing the play. And I was like, this is crazy. How am I like, I mean, I always heard about her when I was growing up and um, just everything. I was like, what, what in the world? Why am I like crying every time I, you know, am thinking about her? And so for me, the grief is what pushed me to finish writing um, the play. And in terms of like logistics of when I write, it just, whenever I can, I also have a very full life. So it's whenever I can get a moment, most of the time it's really, really late at night. So it's a lot of grammatical errors, but, um, but yeah, but I also want to say something about, in ter- you said something else Kent, about, um, you know, uh, separation. So what I had to realize was when I uh, moved to New York, um, I had to, re- I had to, what God really showed me was that I wasn't, you know, I was separated, but I wasn't um, in, in, in the isolation didn't, didn't mean that I was alone. And so that was the other thing too. It's like, I'm separated from what I know and my comfort zone, like all my Chicago people, all my artistic folks, my sister, my family, they're all in Chicago. But I was separated, but I wasn't, I wasn't alone. And I, I was, you know, in a, in a, a period of, of isolation, but I wasn't alone. It was like me and God working this thing out and him really formalizing and telling me and, and giving me more insight of why I was here. And like Carolyn said, I had, you know, New York is tough, right? 
that door is like just slammed in my face. I get right up to the door where I was like, this door is about to bust wide on open for me in this area or that area. And it was like slam, slam. And I was just like, and it was shocking because I was like, I've never had this before. Like I've every, you know, sort of job or opportunity I've always gotten, but it was that time to say, let's start creating opportunity for yourself. It's like, let's, let's, let's do it for yourself now and make, um, there, there will be room for your gifts here. Wow. That's good. That's good. And so in in the play you're referring to is Penny's Kids. And so we're going to, we're going to go into and and talk about Penny's Kids. But before we we talk, I want to play um, a poem that you wrote. You wrote, Tabitha, you wrote about, um, just a little bit of backstory about the inspiration for Penny's Kids, but it's a beautiful poem. And we're going to play that right now and come back and talk about the play. I come from a grandmother named Penny who suffered from illusions and confusions about reality. This is my slash her story. Penny lived a hard life, plagued by racism and traumatic childhood strife, poverty and abuse, misuse, her value mistook, overlooked by many who refused to see the intricate details of her pain, anguished beauty. You see, Penny died way before I was born. And over the years, my heart was torn, hearing my mom and aunt's stories of her schizophrenic demise, her laughter, her tears, the pain that lingered in her eyes from stolen innocence, dreams deferred. But I also heard how her jazzy, soulful voice made even the angels in heaven rejoice. I wrestled with insecurities from her brokenness her depression and impeded progression nestled in the battlefield of my mind, often leaving me behind, wondering, grieving, longing for the comfort of a grandmother's love I had never met. Yet, her brilliant artistry lives and breathes within me. I put my pen to paper, let my grief write, the words, the story of her life. I am moving towards living with no regret and to bet on the power that is set deep on the inside with rich, black, powerful penny pride. Okay, Tabitha, so talk talk about, um, and you talked a lot about kind of like the process. You had this play for 10 years, you're writing it off and on, you're kind of grappling with it. and it's finished, you know, you guys are, are putting this play up. And so talk a little bit about your family though, like the, the, your grandmother, um, you know, your mother and, and, and her siblings that they, they lived this, right? Could you take us, give us a little behind the scenes about that aspect of Penny's kids? Yeah, well, my mom and aunts and uncle, they grew up um, in Detroit and um, not a lot of resources, um, you know, right on the play is set right in the 60s and 70s. Um, And, you know, uh, we all know around that time of what um, even, you know, the just Black folks who moved up from the South and came to settle in some of the bigger cities, Chicago and Detroit, and and still just trying to make ends meet, trying to make it, you know? And so my family story is um, much like many others um, who in African-American community who have, you know, migrated from the South. And so they were uh, growing up on... 
in Detroit and um, uh, with my grandmother, my late grandmother, um, her name is um, Bessie May Oliver. <laughs> and uh, I want to say her name. So I want to make her, her famous. Yes, her Bessie May Oliver was her name. And she, um, and so she um, <clears throat> just through the just different challenges and stuff in her life, we they all believe that her um, the demise of her mind started um, uh, uh, was triggered through some experiences she had in her childhood. Um, and as she grew older, you know, some of those experiences started to really come back and really, um, you know, uh, just like I said, aid in the demise of her mind. And so she uh, suffered from schizophrenia and uh, it was very challenging for them to uh, be, you know, to, to, to be with her and to, to grow up um, not knowing uh, what was going to happen every, you know, every day. And they moved around a lot. So they, um, because she was just unstable and uh, were, they were with family members at different times and points in their life. And sometimes they were split up, sometimes they were together, um, but Penny uh, spent a lot of time in and out of hospitals and um, just really struggled. And so when they got older, they decided to, um, you know, stop moving around so much. And they uh, were older as adults and they uh, bought a house and was able to create some stability for her and for them. And at that point, it just really felt good. But, um, but their story is, is, is uh, you know, much, much like a lot of, uh, you know, Black families at the time in terms of the resources, the access to resources. And, um, you know, they were on aid and they, uh, you know, the, the story, uh, also, uh, the play also talks about the hunger that they faced and that they were challenged with. Um, there were many days where, you know, and, and, and you know, they, in our, some of you can go to our YouTube channel. I did an interview with them a few months ago. Um, um, just, and they really shared, my aunts um, and uh, mom really shared about what that was like and, and the hunger um, that they faced. And we talk, there's a lot, you know, surrounding food security now. And um, back then it was, you know, definitely a part of the systematic racism. They only gave you so much and it had to last. And so um, they, you know, and I remember hearing these stories as well, you know, when they were, um, when I was growing up about um, how hungry they would be. And then just the racism that she also faced as well um, during that time, which is, you know, I mean, sad to say, not a lot has changed. Um, we've made some progress, but not a lot has changed. And so um, the story also recounts, the play also recounts um, some of those ex uh, specific experiences as well. Um, but the play is based loosely off of the book that they all wrote um, almost 15 years ago that each of them had, um, recounted experiences um, in, in, uh, with them. And the, the play could be a lot longer, <laughs> but, um, but, it, but, it's, but it's not. And so um, the, the, the book and the story really, um, and the play, I'm sorry, um, is, um, it's, it's a little, it's challenging. There's a lot of heavy stuff in there, but there's also hope um, as well in terms of, I won't give the ending away or anything like that, but we, we really want people to tune into that and um, under, you know, be able to grab a hold to um, the hope that is also in the story. Um, but yeah, that's sort of like the summary of, you know, their experience and well, the play and, and, and their experiences with her. So how are you all adapting it to a play from the book? And, and I know there's two questions. So how are you adapting it? Um, into a play from the book? Are there any changes, differences? And then uh, because of COVID, you know, everything kind of flipped upside down. So you all are doing a virtual presentation. Talk about that. 
yeah, our first virtual theater mm-hmm. experience. We had intended to produce this on stage yeah. um, and then uh, just decided that we were not going to allow this global pandemic to stop progress. And um, we just went for it. We put out a casting call and uh, some of Tabitha's connections um, back in Detroit and Chicago came through and uh, friends of friends, some of our uh, actor friends here in the city referred people. Um, And so we've had an eight week rehearsal process working Mm -hmm. only on the weekends on Saturday and Sunday for two hours each. And these actors are superb. They do the work during the week and they show up at rehearsals prepared, having made choices. Um, And we've engaged this really young and fresh um, video um, editor who has done some work for uh, Bold, which is a a organization of uh, women of color in New York City who are in film and on stage. And so we are producing it. Uh, It'll be live streamed on November 13th. And we're also doing a pre-show panel discussion um, for audience members on the 12th. Um, We have partnered with Darkness Rising Project, which is uh, uh, gathering a a young woman and her, her colleagues, her associates who are all professional actors, many of whom are on Broadway, who found themselves struggling, needing mental um, health resources and not being able to get it. And so she created what she needed. Um, Carlita, um, Carlita's, uh, what's her last name, Tabitha? With Darkness Rising. That's the name of the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, Carlita has agreed to be a partner with Good Light Productions in this. And we have a, a doctor, a psychologist, a sister who's gonna lead us in a conversation Uh, about the healing modalities of theater and focusing on the resiliency uh, of Tabitha and her aunts and her mother and her sister, her family, um, how uh, the beauty, again, from the ashes of Bessie's life, um, they're here to tell her story and to help others go home, perhaps. Our goal is that others will participate in this panel discussion yeah. and see this play and then have the courage to go back to their own families and ask questions mm-hmm. to know more, to get mm-hmm. their story, right? That we don't, there's no need to keep secrets any longer that keep us broken yeah. and limited in the life that we, this one grand life each of us has been given to yeah. live. Yeah. And, and one thing I, you know, I, I, um, have one revelation that I've, I've had and, and just sort of really held on to is, you know, celebrating the unlikely hero, right? <laughs> it is the mother, you know, Penny just did, she just did the best that she could with what she had. And we don't celebrate that enough. But she didn't write a book. She didn't have a film. She doesn't have any awards, but she did the best she could with what she had. And it is just celebrating the unlikely hero this black woman um, in Detroit who um, raised uh, five kids, managed to raise five kids as best as she could, even though her mind was not stable. And so many times we just don't look at those. We, we don't, we can, I can look out my window right now and, and see just, you know, these ordinary, you know, sort of what you can see as an ordinary woman or ordinary man, but they, people are doing the best that they can with what they have. Right. And so I want to, 
celebrate the unlikely hero, you know, somebody you didn't think, you know, would you would celebrate, you know? So Carolyn, I know you have to get out of here soon. So I have one last question I want to ask both of you. Um, your mission statement or, or tagline of the company is pushing back the darkness by turning on the light, right? So when you look at everything happening today, everything that's going on, like we mentioned some of the things that's happening, but especially with youth and, and you know, has so much access to, to just destructive content and we still have racism and so many things happening. Why do you think it seems like darkness is hard to push back? And, and, and it seems like it's hard to push back. And, and what the both of you, I guess, what does your future look like with um, Good Light Production and what you hope to do in the world? That's a big question, Kim. <laughs> um, uh, I think, um, What's challenging about pushing back darkness is um, the weight of everything that we carry around as black, brown, and beige people, uh, people who have, whose lives and histories and generations have been impacted by injustices of every kind. And that weight can feel so overwhelming. Um, but the delight and, you know, part of our mission is and it's a play on word, obviously, to turn on delight. There is delight in, and this is how the darkness gets displaced and pierced. When we speak what is and has been, when we say, when we shine light in the darkest places and say, we saw that, we witnessed that, we witnessed this life, we witnessed these lives that have struggled under the weight of so much oppression. The darkness has to flee. It, it must give place because we can no longer deny the Imago Dei present in the lives of these people. The face of God is, we are looking at the face of God when we look in the faces of all of these people, us. And so the, the future for Good Light Productions is to tell as many of those stories, shine the light on as many as those, of those faces as we possibly can to bring courage, to end courage, to fill with courage those who they're walking around holding back the light of their story. We want to say, hey, move your hands, open it up, shine light. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's that's dropping the mic right there. That's yeah. exactly what we we hope to do, and that what we want to do is to continue to shine light in those dark places. Well said. I am just I'm so honored to have you both on, and I'm so happy for the connection that uh, Madison Coates made. You know, just shout out yeah. to Madison, and she's in yes. the play as well. Yeah. Yep. And so. Um, I definitely want to stay in contact with both of you because, I mean, we, we what we're doing and the content we're creating and um, the messages we're putting out in the mission is very similar, it's yeah. very similar. Um, and so I definitely want to stay in contact. You know, we can talk offline. Um, I had questions too about, more questions about Penny's kids and things yes. and the future of it. And so I, I, I definitely want to stay in contact. And I just hope, I mean, this was a powerful episode. So I hope everyone listening that you, you've learned, you've been inspired, please support, please give um, the date again and, and how people can, can register uh, to see the play and to register for the uh, panel discussion. 
follow us on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. The show, the panel discussion is November 12th at 7.30 and the play opens uh, November 13th. Great, thank you. And I'll put all the information in the show notes as well. And I'll be uh, sharing this on social media. I'll rotate it out. So as the date gets closer, Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. This was great. Yeah. It's an honor to be with you and to um, get to know your work as well. You're doing incredible work. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.